0: The following message was recorded at Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. More information can be found online at Bethlehem.Church. Without further ado, I'll read her bio. Um, Grace Bloomquist is the Church Relations Coordinator at New Life Family Services. In her role, Grace manages relationships with Twin Cities churches that partner with New Life, either financially or through educational opportunities, donation drives, or service opportunities. Growing up with life-affirming beliefs, her heart for life strengthened through involvement with a pro-life club in college that focused on apologetics, Now, Grace is honored to work for an organization where the love and compassion of Christ motivates all that they do in coming alongside women as they face parenting and pregnancy-related situations. So, thanks for coming. You can speak. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, I definitely am not used to being like, oh, this is my bio. That made me feel really fancy, but... Thank you. Um, so yes, my name is Grace Blumquist and I'm pretty new to New Life. I started um, just about six months ago, but um, like like that said, uh, I'm so honored that I get to work for an organization like this. And so I know many of you might have heard about New Life and kind of being here at Bethlehem. You guys are one of our longest, uh, most valued supporters. So thank you so much just on behalf of New Life Family Services for your financial support, but also just having conversations. I think a lot of churches are hesitant when it comes to talking about abortion and the sanctity of human life, and um, I really do firmly believe that there. this is a place in the church, and um, I, I think you guys do have a really good example of what it looks like to come out of this, again, with the love and compassion of Christ. Um, So also, so like, like that mentioned, I am our church relations coordinator. And honestly, this job is great for me. I'm so thankful that God landed me here because I'm a words of affirmation person. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I like, I I do thrive on words of affirmation and constantly in this job, am I getting words of affirmation from people about new life and about what's going on here? So I'm like, okay, that works, God. And then I always tell our frontline staff members like, hey, if you ever need some encouragement, because right, our nurses, our social workers, like... Wow, what they do. I just always tell them, hey, if you need any words of encouragement, let me know, because I am getting all this from churches, and I want to pass it on to them. So um, it works out that way, Um, but I am so thankful for that. Um, A little bit more about my background. Um, Like that bio mentioned, I was blessed with amazing, um, God-loving parents who raised me in that home. And really, when it comes to kind of life issues, being pro-life was kind of synonymous with that, right? Like We talked about it at, at home, and when the topic of abortion came up, it was kind of no questions asked. That's not a part of God's heart. Um, I remember when I was a freshman in high school, I was in a civics class, American government, and we had to like write a bill or something. And I don't think this is actually how government works, but I wrote a bill to like overturn Roe v. Wade. Again, I don't think you can write a bill to do that, but that is like, that was on my heart as a freshman in high school. Um, And then, like I said, um, when I went to college, I gotten really involved more in the apologetic side of things and kind of just grew that heart, especially um, in a higher education institution that was not a Christian space. Um, there was a lot of different kind of conversations that were happening. and um, it was I'm really thankful for that time and being a part of that group and just kind of solidifying my beliefs and my convictions. Um, Never thought that I'd work at a pregnancy center, but like I said, on the Lord's timing, this role opened up, and now I'm just so thankful that I get to work at a place and use the gifts that God has given me um, to point people towards life, even though I'm not a social worker, I'm not a nurse. Um, And I hope that that is kind of the question that you guys can ask today, right? Like, even though maybe you don't work at a pregnancy center, you're not boots on the ground, um, what does it look like for you to be holistically pro-life? And so hopefully today is encouraging and kind of makes you think about some of those things. Um, A little bit about New Life Family Services. So like I said, many of you might know, but um, we started back in 1973. So this year we're actually celebrating 50 years, if you want to do that math. right on the heels of Roe versus Wade. Uh, so over the last 50 years, things have changed at New Life and how we do things and what things look like. Um, things have also changed a lot in culture and in politics and in the world in the last 50 years, if you can imagine. Um, but really true all of that, our mission and our heart for life has remained the same, um, which I'm so thankful for. And. As a nonprofit organization, it is our mission to honor the sanctity of human life by assisting clients in life-affirming decisions with the love and compassion of Christ. Um, I get to say that mission statement almost every single day when I'm talking with people. And again, I'm so honored that I get to to work at a place where that is the mission. Um, How do we do this, though? So I'm going to go slip, move slides really quick. All right, so we do this through three different program areas. Our first program is our first care centers. Um, so this is where we provide a lot of different services to um, a lot men and women facing unexpected pregnancies as well as different situations, but these are all no-cost services, so pregnancy tests, ultrasounds, um, decision-making counseling. We have licensed social workers on staff as well as amazing client care workers that will come alongside um, our clients. Oh. Thank you. That works out. I brought one too, but I didn't think about it. So um, we also do offer STD testing and treatment at some of our offices. And um, that is something that was like new to me when I started working at New Life. But um, as I've learned more and more, like that's such a cool opportunity to have conversations with clients that um, sometimes they come into us for STD testing and then down the line, they know that we offer the pregnancy services. And so they come back to us then, which is such a great opportunity. Um, and then Within First Care, we also have our Every Family Parenting Program. Um, So this is actually our biggest program at New Life Family Services. Um, Clients can sign up to be a part of it until their youngest child is five years old. So we really want to support them through those first few years of life, which you guys are all moms. You've been there. Um, You can understand or maybe could even see if if you didn't have that support through those first few years, how difficult that would be. Our Every Family Parenting Program is an Earn While You Learn program, so clients are meeting one-on-one with our staff members or parent coaches, um, going through some amazing curriculum, and then earning points that they get to spend on diapers and clothes, and our clothing closet as that includes maternity clothes. Um, We also have strollers and all these different baby equipment, Um, so it's a great way that they can earn points and then um, really dignifying, I think, like earn it for themselves and their families. So that is all within First Care. Um, our second program is New Life Adoptions. So we are a licensed adoption agency, um, have been facilitating specifically domestic infant adoption since 1980, and since then um, have facilitated over 800 adoptions. And then we also do offer home studies for embryo adoption, um, which if you guys aren't familiar with embryo adoption, wow, my mind was blown when I found out about this. So I do have some um, papers in the back, would love to hand you, or we can have some conversations later, but maybe that's something that you guys want to do some more research on. Um, Anyways, that's new life adoptions, a big part of our heart as well. Ultimately, we started offering adoption um, services because we wanted to provide all life-affirming options to our clients, Um, and today people find new life adoptions not just through first care. You know, they're sometimes on our website, they're already thinking about adoption, um, but that's kind of the heart behind that. And then our final program is called Conquerors. And this is a program for anyone who does have abortion as a part of their story. Um, We know that many women in the United States, and we'll kind of talk about this a little bit more later, but including in the church, um, have made an abortion decision in the past. And oftentimes that is, down the line, there's a lot of guilt and there's a lot of shame involved with that. Um, and really at New Life, we do believe that while abortion is sin, it is not the unforgivable sin. Um, and the the years and years and the stories of that go along with um, someone that can carry that um, is really, really hard. So Conquerors is a Bible-based program. Um, we have small group support groups that kind of happen. We actually have one starting I think a week from this Thursday. So if you happen to know anyone that might, or if you might need Conquerors, we'll let you know about that. Um, And then we also offer one-on-one counseling and support. Um, And these programs are all led by women who have been through Conquerors who also have abortion as a part of their story, um, which I think is really important. So as you can see, this is kind of the overview of New Life Family Services. Sometimes it's hard to explain. Like when people are like, what do you do? or What do you work for? It's like, well, there's all these different things. Um, and part of that is because we really do believe in holistic care. Um, that's actually one of our strategic ag- anchors as an organization. So when we're making decisions about things, one of the things we go back to is, is this caring for someone holistically? Is this following along with our mission? Um, and I think sometimes it's like, what does that really mean, right? Especially right when I know we're like holistic medicine, like what, what is this? But when we, when I'm talking about holistic care and what we would say here is, um, that starts really just with acknowledging our clients, um, as a whole person, right Every single one of our clients walks into our doors with unique stories in a unique set of circumstances, um, and we want to come alongside them. Um, and also, they're made in the image of God, right? They're a divine image bearer. Um, practically, what that looks like is if a client comes into one of our offices for a pregnancy test appointment. Um, that's something that could take probably just like two or three minutes, could get it in and out pretty quick, but um, that's not how our pregnancy test appointments go. Um, we will sit down with them, with one of our social workers or one of our client care workers um, and really talk, give them the space to kind of think and talk through everything that's going on in their life. Um, if you can imagine someone that might be facing an unplanned pregnancy or finding out for the first time that they're pregnant, um, there are a lot of different factors going on. Um, and so in that time with the social worker, the client care staff, things like How's your housing situation? What is what kind of family support do you have? You know all those different things that are going to affect um, her decision to parent. What that might look like. Um, I also just think personally, like a few weeks ago, I, w- I went to the doctor, and not my favorite thing. If I'm be honest, I'm not a medical person. Like I said, I'm not a nurse, um, and I went to the doctor's office, and it was great. My doctor, she's nice, like she's pleasant, but like I could tell, like I was the last appointment of her day. Like she was getting really, like she was like, okay, you're good. Symptoms, da, da, da. and then I was out the door, um, and. Like I said, she's great, she was kind, that was great, but when I left, I was like, I don't really feel holistically supported, Um, which is okay for that instance, for that situation, right? Um, But for our clients and for the unique situations that they are in, we really do want to come alongside them and really, kind of figure out how are they doing physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Um, One thing I do want to say along that lines is we do just follow a permission-based care model. And so um, whenever we're asking questions about things or asking um, to even pray with a client, we'll ask for permission first. Um, We don't want to ever put them in an uncomfortable situation where they feel like they're getting information or getting asked questions that they don't want to. Um, So I think that's really important as well. And then a few other notes just about the holistic care. Um, I think there also is just evidence in the ministry and in the practical things of the things that we surprise, the things that we provide our clients. Um, so, for example, those of our clients that choose to parent, um, if they're connected with First Care, then they can get connected with every family as well, right? We don't want to just support them through that pregnancy, but we want to support them through the first few years of life. Um, We've really found over the last 50 years that when women and families are supported holistically, they are most likely to make a life-affirming decision. Um, I mentioned New Life Adoptions earlier, talked about them a little bit. One model that we follow through New Life Adoptions is a two-social worker model. So we have a social worker that works specifically with an adoptive parent or parents, um, and then we also will have a different social worker that works with our adoptive families. And part of that is to just acknowledge um, every single person that is involved in the adoption and make sure that they have an advocate. my my mind has kind of been exploded when it comes to adoption since working at New Life and since coming here. Um, I think it's really easy to think, when you think about adoption, you think about the, the child and then the adoptive family. Um, but the truth is, is that there are many, many birth mothers out there and, and birth parents as well. And they have a whole story that is full of grief as well as gratitude um, that's really complicated as well. So we want to walk alongside them. And then, like I said, Um, Conquerors wanting to care for those who do have abortion as a part of their story because that is present and um, I I would say that um, I'm almost sure that everyone here has been connected to abortion in some capacity. Um, Again, we're going to look at some numbers in a little bit, Um, but it's very prevalent in our society and in our culture and now because i think that she does a great job talking about conquerors i'm just going to play like a two or three minute quick clip um that includes a testimonial video um, from conquerors so stay tuned and again she can say it way better than i ever could (laughs) um like i said earlier abortion is not the unforgivable sin and i just want to say to all of you if that's a part of your story or if that's a part of the story of someone that you know, there is healing and hope and forgiveness available. Um, And I encourage you to take that and to kind of be that the lens that you view this through as well. Okay, we're gonna take a little bit of a turn here um, and I kind of want to zoom out and, and tell you a little bit more about what's going on in our state and in our country and in um, in churches, um, when it comes to abortion. And so I don't share this, these numbers and these statistics to be kind of a Debbie Downer. Um, but I really hope that it is kind of a good reminder and helps us to be motivated towards how can we as Christ followers interact, um, with this world. So, um, first of all, one in four women in the United States will have an abortion by the time they are 45 years old. Like I said earlier, I almost guarantee that every single person in this room has been touched by abortion in some capacity, whether that's a part of your story or the story of someone that you know. In 2021, which is the most recent reporting year, there were just over 10,000 abortions in the state of Minnesota. Um, And nationally, there were over 930,000 abortions in the country, as estimated by the Guttmacher Institute. a little bit more about abortion specifically within the church, because I think sometimes we see those numbers and we think, oh, that's way far out there, not related to me. Um, But according to a CareNet survey from a few years ago, 36% of women were attending a Christian church at least once a month at the time of the abortion. Um, And so I want you guys to think about those women and the people that you see on a Sunday morning um, and what they might be going through. Um, 7% said that their church encouraged them to not have the procedure, right? So we see how small of a percentage that is that's connected to that. And then we see that 76% of women said their local church had no influence on their decision to terminate. Um, A few, I think maybe a year and a half ago, we took a survey of all some people that have gone through our Conquerors program. It was a pretty small, I think there was 12, but I still think that these statistics and these numbers speak to kind of people's interaction, um, those who have been through Conquerors and their interaction um, in the church. So first of all, um, question, did you feel safe sharing about your unplanned pregnancy with anyone at church? And 82% of the respondents said no, they did not feel safe sharing that and 18% said yes. Um, The second question was just a general, I have told people at my church about my abortion, half and half, 50 of them had told people, anyone at their church, 50 people hadn't. Um, So again, many people kind of keeping things in the dark for years and years, and I think that shows through the numbers. Um, And then I think kind of one of the most important things down here, when was the first time that you heard the gospel message applied to your abortion? And you'll notice that from the sample size, at least, um, none of them responded that it was during a church sermon, that it was in the Bible, or from someone at their church. Um, The vast majority, it was specifically through the Conquerors program, and then 18% said friends or family. Um, I shared this information at a pastor's training that I did at the beginning of January for Sanctity of Human Life Month as we were preparing for that. And one of the responses that I got from a pastor that I think really was a good reminder for him, again, as he was thinking about how do I approach this topic in church, especially something that's really politicized as he said, um, this is a good reminder that this is not a political issue, that this is a personal issue. Um, And then a few weeks after that, I was talking to a donor and someone who has been through our Conquerors program. And she reminded me that while it is a personal issue, it's also a spiritual issue. And I think that really hit me and was a good reminder for me and hopefully for all of us that, um, like I said, every single one of those numbers, those people are made in the image of God. <laughs> um, and we're going to come back to this a little bit at the end, but I encourage you to start thinking about, um, you know, how can you be someone who others are comfortable being vulnerable with, especially when it comes to this topic? Um, again, going to take a little bit of a turn here. Um, We live in kind of a crazy cultural, political climate right now when it comes to abortion and when it comes to the sanctity of life. And um, I'm not the expert on all those kinds of things. There's some other great organizations that Bethlehem partners with. Um, But what I can say is that today, Minnesota is one of, if not the most extreme state in our country when it comes to allowing abortion for any reason until birth. Um, And again, we're not a political organization. We really are on the social services side of things. Um, But this does affect our work. Um, First of all, we anticipate seeing more and more later-term ultrasounds. I know a few weeks ago I was at our St. Paul First Care office, and um, one of the client care staff there shared that just earlier that week um, she had had a client come in that was 28 weeks along, um, had the ultrasound. And um, for that client, you know, a year ago abortion wouldn't have been an option, but then during this appointment, that still was on the table for her. Of course, we do not refer for her provide abortions, but um, I know that was really heavy for our staff, and I think we're going to see more of that. So I would encourage you to also just be in prayer for those frontline staff um, and the burden that they carry. Um, Similarly, we've definitely, our marketing team has been having conversations about um, what it looks like to target and access those clients that might be coming to Minnesota from out of state. Um, as we look at the different states around Minnesota, kind of increasing restrictions and us loosening them. Um, so, what it might look like to get them to come into first care and provide our services. And then ultimately, um, this has also kind of just put a target on the back for, uh, of our heads when it comes to uh, attacks. Um, so if the, in the fall, I know um, someone mentioned Jenny Schroeder. She goes here, and she works at our Minneapolis, or our St. Paul, my apologies, our university first care office. She's the office manager there. Um, we had some protests there this fall from a group, and then um, just a few weeks ago, we had some vandalism at our at our First Care office right in the Phillips neighborhood a few blocks from here. Um, and I'll show you a few pictures from that. But ultimately, I do have to say that I am so grateful that I work for an organization where our response to this is is to pray. Um, at our last All Staff Day at the beginning of February, we started the day in prayer um, for uh, for our those protesting us, um, for our legislators, for our governors, as well as those who work for abortion clinics, um, and I encourage you to to join us in that. Um, you know, we think about Matthew five forty four. We're supposed to pray for those. We're supposed to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. And I'm so thankful that that has been our response um, thus far. Um, like I mentioned, we did experience some vandalism a few weeks ago. Um, so. If you haven't seen this, uh, this is these pictures are on our website as well, but um, there's a planned protest on Saturday, March 4th, outside of our brand-new First Care office in the Phillips neighborhood. Um, it was a pro-abortion group. If you receive our prayer text, you probably got an update, just inviting you to pray for safety over that. Um, and then on early on Saturday morning still to be determined if it's if it was related or unrelated, but um, we got a call from the police. we had to get some staff down there um, because vandals had come and broken seven windows and um, had some graffiti on our building. Um, A cool story from this is actually the reason it was found out was a metro city bus driver was driving by, saw the vandals, stopped, called the police, and I would like to think that the bus being there kind of scared them off and so then they didn't do as much damage. Um, And we're we're so thankful that he was there though and that no more damage was done, that our clients and staff weren't there, that they didn't get in. Um, And then the next day the protest did go on outside of our building. Ultimately, this does not change what we do. We are still committed to serving the community. And this was for sure not a surprise to God, <laughs> but also not a big surprise to us. Like I said, um, th- there's actually been five other, I think we're the fifth pregnancy center in the state of Minnesota that has been, been vandalized in the last year. Um, and I mean, the, the good news is that perfect love casts out fear. And so we have nothing to be afraid of. Um, we did get a decent amount of press from this and I'm just trying to put the the, the spotlight back on our clients and the people that we serve um, and so that's kind of been our response and I just have to say even though the environment is bleak I think um, this is why we're doing what we're doing and um, why it's needed now more than ever. Um, I'm just going to check the time here, okay I'm already like over time. <laughs> okay. um, So a a few more things I'm gonna skip over here then, Um, just to come back to these questions as you leave today. Um, If someone's facing an an unexpected pregnancy, maybe this is someone at church, maybe this is someone in another circle that you are connected with, um, would they share that with you? And if so, how would you respond? Um, Second question to kind of reflect on, um, someone struggling with a past abortion decision. Again, would they share that with you? And if so, how would you respond? So, just some things to take with you. Maybe you have further conversation about this if you want. Um, but I think this is one of the one of the big things when it comes to kind of what you can do right now um, is to be thinking about this. Um, earlier, I mentioned we have this thing called real-time prayer texts. And if you are not already connected to this, I really encourage you to do that. You can text pray to that phone number or scan that QR code. I also have the QR code in the back table here. Um, But we provide real-time prayer updates for clients that are in our office. So um, an example here, this was just from a few weeks ago. A couple just left our office after an ultrasound appointment. They were emotional, but they left not wanting to talk about options. And so um, we sent that out to over 1,000 people, get these texts now, and can pray in that moment for the clients. Um, Sometimes we get follow-ups that they did reach back out to us. Sometimes we don't know, because um, sometimes clients come into our office and we aren't able to follow up with them, or they don't reach back out to us. Um, So this is a really great way to get involved. And then um, one thing I also wanted to mention when it comes to kind of next steps, uh, Bethlehem has a Sanctity of Life ministry. Um, so I would encourage you to get connected with them. Um, they, that Sanctity of Life Ministry group, exists primarily to educate Bethlehem on life-related topics and provide information and recommended action steps. Um, they work as the liaison between New Life as well as some other organizations. And would just encourage you that if you guys have specific questions um, about understanding the law or life issues of course you can reach out to me, but you can also reach out to Delcy Baxter, anyone connected to that ministry. Um, I know her contact information is on on the website. Um, So I do want to provide some time for you guys to ask questions. Um, But just to kind of leave you with these questions, you know, how are you going to be a Christ follower um, who supports life holistically? Um, And I hope that today provided some encouragement um, and some guidance about what that might look like. Thank you for listening to this message from Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter their content in any way without written permission from Bethlehem Baptist Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at Bethlehem.Church. Bethlehem Baptist Church, spreading a passion for the supremacy of God in all things for the joy of all peoples through Jesus Christ.